how can I respond with scripture to Catholic, a Catholic friend who says, Mary's the mother of Jesus, so why wouldn't you seek help from her? Jesus wouldn't like you disrespecting his mom in any way. Let's analyze that, that thought process. So one of the things that's being, that's being said here is that I can ultimately, in Catholic theology, you can, I want to say you can pray to Mary because it feels and looks the same as prayer. Okay, some people go, well, I'm not praying, I'm asking her to pray. But not, okay, it's obviously more than that if you look at the actual prayers that people are saying. But but let's say I think I can reach out to Mary, right, in the in, in her spiritual state, and she can hear me, and she can respond by basically having influence over Jesus. This is, this is classically how I understand it, or over God. And you might go, well, that just sounds wrong, but... But hey, when I ask my friend to pray for me, I ask my wife to pray for me, hey, honey, please pray for me that I would dot, dot, dot. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not manipulating. I'm just asking, you know, I think she has influence with God. So I want her to pray. But the big difference here that's not being discussed is that Mary is, is dead, right? Like her physical body died a long time ago. And so what I'm doing is I'm trying to contact someone who has died. Now you might say, no, but she's not dead. She's alive forevermore. He who believes in me and dies, you know, won't die. And he who dies will live forever. So she's not really technically dead, but wait a minute. I mean, didn't like Samuel have that same hope? And yet it was wrong when Saul tried to call him up and he gets rebuked for it big time. And so, yeah, like this idea of contacting those who've died, it's a door that God wants closed. Like I'm not supposed to talk to people who aren't alive in the or in the earth physically I'm supposed to direct my prayers just to God. Like that's just a general rule. And so to try to circumvent that biblical policy of not contacting those who've died, of not trying to do that. And that may be in, in place for a number of reasons. It may be that you, you don't, that it's unsuccessful. It may be that it detracts from worship and focus on God. It may be that it opens the door to demonic influence and deceptions that can come into a person's life. The point is, whatever the reasons are, it's something we're, we're told not to do consistently. And if you look at the biblical teaching about contacting the dead and how it's consistently, don't you dare do this. And then it doesn't change in the New Testament. You know, when Stephen dies and acts one of the first martyrs, right? Nobody prays to him. Nobody talks to him. Yet Jesus stood to receive him. So, you know, Stephen was in that glorious place. He wasn't in some other location. <laughs> um, so, you know, he's in heaven effectively, right? But nobody... There's no examples of this sort of thing. This developed in the church afterwards. Okay, this is a later development. That's one thing I would say. Mary's the mother of Jesus. Wouldn't you want to get her help? Look, when people are dead, you stop talking to them. That's that's the policy, biblically speaking. I understand the desire to, but that doesn't change what Scripture says. And I want to yield my heart and mind to Scripture. I will. I look forward to the day when I will see all my loved ones who have gone before me to heaven. But I can't just break the break the rules to go and try to do that now. Here's another piece of evidence on this, which is there's a time in scripture where um, people went to Jesus's mom to influence Jesus. Isn't that interesting? There's actually two events I could point out. One is the wedding in Cana and, and Catholics and Protestants will both grab this scripture to use it in John 2. So at the wedding, you know, they, they go to Jesus's mom, hey, we're out of wine. She goes to Jesus, hey, they're out of wine. And Jesus says, what does your concern have to do with me? And then he tells the servants and they do it. They actually end up reproducing the wine. Importantly, though, it's done secretively. I think that's actually the emphasis of the passage. It's done It's done in secret. It's done without everybody knowing. And that was the actual focus of the passage. It's not so much on Mary. But 
But Protestants will go, look, see, he's like, what does your concern have to do with me? And then Catholics will go, oh, well, well, wait a minute. Or maybe some Orthodox would, well, wait a minute, look, Jesus did it anyways. So maybe you can go to Mary and she might, she might approve something. She might have influence that you, if you went on your own, it, it just wouldn't have worked. I think neither of these things are what the, the passage is teaching. <laughs> um, however, there's a passage that does more directly relate to Mary. And this is it. When Jesus is teaching the disciples and his mom and his brothers show up and they're like, hey, uh, we want to talk to you. And they think he's being kind of crazy. At least his brothers certainly do. And he says, who is my mother and brothers, but those who do the will of God. That is to say, while Mary had a motherly place with Jesus, she did not take this sort of supernatural influence, like a, an influence over Jesus that was um, greater than anybody who just seeks him in his kingdom. And so there's this thing where he goes, who's my mother and brother and sisters? Like, hey, anybody, if, if you're like, well, don't I want Mary to pray? She doesn't have special access and special, like, influence that, that living saints that you could talk to right now don't have. You could just ask anybody to pray for you. It's just as good, even better, because you're not trying to contact those who died, which is something God forbids in scripture. Um, and you say, the last thing they said was, Jesus wouldn't want you disrespecting his mother in any way. Well, I agree with that. Why would I just disrespect Mary? But here's a thought. You can disrespect people by giving them more honor and glory than they actually have. That is also disrespectful. If I was to show up, like, let's say I taught at your church and I show up at your church and you get up and you're introducing me and you go, oh, here's Mike Winger. He's the greatest Christian teacher in the world. I would feel offended that you said that because I'm sure it's not true. But also I don't want like I, I it's disrespectful to to exaggerate those types of things about me. I would not be comfortable with that. But much of what's said about Mary is disrespectful on the overly positive side, on the exaggeration side. I don't think she would like it. I don't think she'd appreciate it. And so anyway, much more can be said about this. Um, if you if you try to build the doctrines that Roman Catholicism has or that the Orthodox Church has, the beliefs they have about Mary, just from scripture and from the examples there, what you'll find is places like the wedding at Cana where it's not even about Mary and they're like, oh, see, you can, this is really a parable about Mary and how you can use her influence. Like th this is not what scripture is actually teaching about these things. When Jesus actually teaches, yeah, Mary is blessed. Okay. She's blessed among women. She got to be the mother of the Lord. Absolutely. But that shouldn't be exaggerated into her being the queen of heaven and that sort of thing.